Dick's ears. You are officially being recorded. Thank you very much, Ed. Yeah, so Dick's ears. As everyone may not know, you are my grandfather. That's and, correct. I'm proud of it. Yeah, and you are actually a mayor of a small town. Will you consider it a small town? It was a small town when we first moved here. It's 3,500. At the end of my meritumship, it was 46,000. So most people don't look at it as a small town anymore. They did. Right. But not anymore. So, I mean, it's, it's a middle-sized town. And for people that don't know, it's actually it's Holly Springs in North Carolina. Holly Springs, North Carolina. Uh, a town that is magic. People who live here love it here. We get along well. Um, it has been the safest town to live in in North Carolina for the last 25, 30 years, which is a very important point. Uh, it's a friendly town. It was at one time a very small black town during the Civil War that I would say 90% were blacks and slaves that lived here when the male dominant factor in the family went off to war. And uh, I give them a lot of credit for keeping the town you know, open, and it was thought about closing. The bank went down. Everything went down. But they kept it going, and I give them credit for that. So what made you decide to like take over? Um. One of the town board members, wives, uh, said to me, what did you do at Sears Roebuck? And I said, well, I was the national retail marketing manager for women's apparel and accessories, $2.5 billion. She said, we need one of those in town. Why don't you run for mayor? I said, because I'm not interested. She says, run for mayor. I said, I'm not interested. She says, I dare you to run for mayor. I said, okay, I'm going to run for mayor. I started up, I paid my bucks, started running from there, knocked on a few doors, didn't think too much of it. And then all of a sudden, I thought, there's people who are asking me good questions. And there are people saying, why don't you run from there? That I was there at their house. And I said, well, thank you. So then I decided I'd work on it. So for the next two months, I knocked on one heck of a lot of doors. And I ran against the uh, incumbent mayor who was appointed by the town three years prior, and Ham and I got along well. His name was Ham Womble. His wife is still alive. We still have fun talking about the old days. Uh, Ham was a former major in the sheriff's department. He's a big guy, rough and tough and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we got along well. We got along well. So that's how it all started. It was a dare, and it was something I didn't even want to do, and wound up doing it, and... Uh, 20 years later, I felt I had enough time, and I just thought I would retire, which I did. Didn't have to. There's no term limits, but um, yeah, and I'm glad I did. The only bad news is when you retire from a job like that, it's an everyday job. Mm-hmm. In the state of North Carolina, it's a part-time job. I made it a full-time job. Um, you miss it when you're gone. I get kind of bored just looking at the TV. But I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. You brought up a good point, and I'm I'm gonna want to mention this. A dare, right? A dare. So we I'm gonna go back for people that don't know. But didn't you get dare to work for Sears? Well, there there was a time. This was in 1961 and one. <laughs> I got a call from uh, a friend of mine who worked in the automotive department. 
He said, why don't you come down to Sears and try for getting a job? He said, with your name, you got it, you got it made. I said, I don't want to work for Sears. I'm going to be a pharmaceutical salesman for Merck. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I dare you. So he dared me. Don't dare me to do anything. Okay, Adam. <laughs> so I, I, I went down to Sears Roebuck, went to the lady who's the head of personnel, don't you know? And she said, why are you here? I said, I'm looking for a job. She said, well, we're not hiring now. If you'd fill this form out, we'll call you. I said, fine. Let me get out of here. So I filled it out. I got halfway down the hall, and she said, Mr. Sears? I said, yes. You wouldn't be a relative or a founder, would you? And I said, well, matter of fact, I am. I said, same first name, same last name. Various time between him and me. But at the same time, uh, very similar. About a month later, after working in the store, thinking that I should have the store by now as a store manager, which I didn't, um, I get a call from Barry Pesner, who is the Territorial Midwest um, PR guy. He said, the, the chairman of the board would like to talk to you. I said, well, fine. He said, no, no, no. He said, we mean in Chicago. Can you come to Chicago? <clears throat> well, I had one suit. That was it. A poplin type suit. It wasn't very expensive. And I went to the Sears office in West Arlington in Chicago. Walked in the door, the boardroom, of course. General Wood is at the end of the table, who was the chair. Very stately, very famous person, warlike. He looks at me and he, he kind of stares. And I thought, there's something I'm, I'm wrong, and I checked to make sure I had all my zips zipped and buttons buttoned. And he said, I said, is there something wrong, sir? He goes, turn around. I turn around, and the painting on the wall looked exactly like me, <laughs> exactly like me. It was done when he was tw 21 years old, and I was about, yeah, I was close to 21, too. Mm -hmm. Same nose, same mouth, same eyeballs, same, same the whole nine yards. Scared the crap out of me, too. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it. And that's how it all started. That was taking like a risk. Kind right? of, yeah, yeah, kind of. So it's like you're doing something, but someone's daring you to do something, and then you do it. And then didn't it change like your, well, you say it changed your life? Like, oh, like I would say so. Yeah, like doing that. 20 years. Of working for Sears. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then you do... The mayor thing, and once again, it's another dare. Lots of dares in my life. I never thought about it that way, Adam, but I, I guess you're right. Uh, usually, though, I think I would define a dare as if you want somebody to do something and you're not sure they want to do it, you say, Adam, I dare you to keep this thing going. Now let's flash forward. <clears throat> you do the dare for mayor. You like challenges. Mm -hmm. So how hard was it to make this city or how important was it for you to make the city really safe it doesn't happen point? automatically yeah so uh, walk us through how you work you works. work with the police department mm -hmm. but you also work with the with the um, citizens of town and you remind them that we are the safest town in north carolina to live in and just by reminding them that helps and 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 i think on top of that if you go back into time when we weren't the safest point in town, I would tell them the story about how this used to be a shoot 'em up town. 
bang, bang, shoot him up. Mm-hmm. And we had three police officers, three. One of them was black, and the other two were white. They were busy guys because there's always drugs going on, this and that. And people who are old, <coughs> let's say who are in their 70s and 80s today, will say there was a time when this was not the safest part down. What did you do different? Well, we got ourselves a police force for starters because we didn't have one, really. And secondly, we started talking to everybody who wanted to hear about, do you want to stay with the safest town or do you want to go to, want to stay the Wild Wild West? Well, we want, we want the safest town. All right, let me handle it. So not me only, but many of us handled the point about going to other towns nearby where people sometimes integrate from that town to this town mm-hmm. and remind them, like mayors occasionally I would do, that this is the safest town to live in in North Carolina. Bragging a little bit, but happy to, you know, happy to brag. And I think I told you earlier when you are here, Fuji came in here about a year ago and decided this, this would be one of their drug manufacturers areas. $2.5 billion investment. The biggest investment in the state of North Carolina, as far as I know, for the, to this day. <clears throat> then right right behind him, Amgen came in. We've got the growth. We've got new people coming in. Um, safest, great place to live. And they had a wonderful mayor. Very uh, humble mayor, as I recall. <coughs> and what, what was his name again? Is that what that happened to be, Dick? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. So it's obviously a desired place to live. Right. A lot of people want to live here. Why now affordable housing and not in the beginning? What didn't? Well, good question. Didn't need it in the beginning because the houses we had here were affordable. We had forty-eight shacks. I mean, real old-fashioned shacks, which we had to buy as a town, paying twice what they were worth, and then raise them to the ground and build houses here. So until about maybe seven or eight years ago, you could buy a house anywhere from like 200000 or 150000 up to, I guess the most expensive might have been a million. But then it came, people started saying, your police department can't afford to live here. The nurses can't afford to live here. And they're right. It's, it's tough now. So until the market started going this way recently, going down, um, there are ways to have affordable housing. I've talked to several builders who can do a, a very nice house, um, manufactured home, kind of, parts of it, comes in in pieces, $2,000. Mm. That's affordable. So we're going to do some of those. Matter of fact, we've also already got some, and we're building more as we speak. Um, down by Ting Park, where the baseball diamond is, Salamanders, right across that street, there's a whole big area where there will be an afford- affordable housing development along with a computer uh, home-based company. So we're getting there. Usually the population, if you ask them, and, and they're, they're good, will tell you what needs to be done in the town. The folks who lived here when we first moved here, goes back a generation or two, the black folks, uh, they had things to say, but I encouraged that. 
They didn't come in the office and bang the, bang the uh, desk at all. It was, we would appreciate if you did this or did that, did that. We did. We did. And I was still, to this day, I respect that. Uh, we're, Carl, you know, Carl and I are from California, so we come visit here, and you're explaining to us how everyone around here helps each other out. And, and right here is a classic example. Yeah, and our neighbors do right now. Wow. People here are really nice. Like, wh- what are you guys doing around here that's so <laughs> different? Like, what what's in the water? Because I just... Is there, is, are you guys hiding something? Because there's no way that people can be this nice. That's the way it is. Explain to me, why are people so nice here? Like, what makes someone really just that nice? Like, everyone... I mean, I kid you not. Everywhere we have gone to eat, it's like... I'm like, you guys You guys are in a cult or something. Well, thank goodness, <laughs> thank goodness you didn't have to go to the hospital, which I have. And I will tell you that the people in the hospital are the same way. They're welcoming. They treat you like you're a king. Uh, helping build that hospital, mentally anyway. Uh, the ER is a very important part of that to me. Because our nearest ER was in Raleigh, which is kind of a drive. 30 minutes away, right? Eh, 35 maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I said to them, let's make the ER a very big ER. We don't need it right now, but there'll be a time we do. And they put in 24 waiting rooms in the ER for this town. 24. And they're nice. And unfortunately, I've been there too as a patient. But they're very nice. What does it mean to have 24? 24 rooms. Yeah, but what does that mean? Like, Well, if you come in... Or get driven in. You have to go to a room to get assessed, where they do all the testing for you and see what's wrong and right. Downtown, and not it's not Raleigh's fault. It's an old hospital; they don't have the room. And you may be in the hallway, which I've been during the assessment. Actually, people are walking back and forth in, on the hallway. Here, you got your own room. Uh, the doctors love it here. The nurses love it here. And the patients love it here. Which is important because 24 rooms for a city of 47,000, that's 46, a lot, right? yeah, yeah, 46, yeah. sorry. Yeah, that, that is that's a lot. lot. Yeah. Does it make you very proud of yourself for taking this, taking the dare and actually turning this place into a wonderful place? Like, how proud are you of that, of those accomplishments of after well, retiring? How, how proud are you? I don't advertise it for obvious reasons, but at the same time, I would say I'll give you an example. I was a big supporter of the Salamanders, which is a baseball team, Coastal League. Guys coming up on their way up, they come into town and play at the team. <clears throat> Our official turf, great group of kids, a big big uh, league scouts come in all the time to watch. <clears throat> so I helped get them going. I helped. It's their college, right? They're, they're, well, they're college sure grads. The okay, college grads. College grads. Okay. So, as one of the going away things that they did for me, besides that rocking chair you see over there, I walked to the stadium one day, up the first baseline and the third baseline, there is in the artificial turf itself, in white artificial turf, Dick Sears Field. And I thought, well, isn't that something? And that makes you feel like you accomplished something for yourself, but for the town too. Right. That, uh, well, to give you an idea, the, the, the mayor of Fuqua is a good friend of mine. And 
his retirement party was the day after mine. And it was the down, downtown building, where they call it the John Byrne Center, in big letters. And I'd already got mine from the field here. Yeah. So John was telling me about it. I said, John, I said, you ought to be very proud of yourself. You got a building named after you downtown. But I got a ball field named after me. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I did. That's exactly what I did. <coughs> and we laughed. Yeah. We laughed. For anyone that even wants to be a great leader or a great person or wants to build a community the way that I see it here, will you say that just listen and give feedback and just be just be there for someone like what what's the great qualities that you think you need to be to be that mm-hmm. successful and have that community what what does someone need to know mm-hmm. what would you say listen use these and then not necessarily use these you can and you can talk about it and that's good nothing, nothing wrong with that but just use this use your ears even if you lips. disagree and I'll tell you this is a true story even if you disagree with somebody's point, if you have the attitude, 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 that you take that back and think about it, they made 10 different comments, nine of which were stupid. One of them had some merit. Pick the merit one out and go with it. The 10 that were stupid, leave them alone. But you don't tell that person you did that, that nine of your comments were stupid. You just say, well, thank you for telling me about blah, 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 or how you treat blah, 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 blah or whatever. Um, it works even if you're 100% disagreement even if you uh, I mean, sometimes we'll get into values of life and who you, who you like and who you don't like and why do you like this person more than somebody else but normally it's just hey you make some good points thank you and then you walk away going that guy or gal is an idiot but anyway I learned something <laughs> if you can go back Back to it, like everything that you had, like back from the beginning when you first took the the role to be mayor, right? And now that's it's done. Your terms, you're you're obviously retired now. What is something that you would have done differently? I've been asked that before, and it's going to sound very self-serving, but I would say if you believe what I said before, and you believe all of it, and you listen carefully, and 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 not that I'm perfect or anything like that, but I said all these things. I'm not sure, and I've never thought of this, but I'm not sure there's anything I would do differently. I just I could do it better, maybe. But as far as, did I miss out on something? Nope. Once again, I'm really proud that I call you my grandfather and you built this Holly Springs town. It's just awesome to walk around and, and have that pride that you built from this place from the ground up. And it's Pretty what much. it is now. And Thank it's, you. it's something that forever <laughs> is going to be honored. Your name is everywhere. And it's something that you should be proud of. Something that I, I'm going to be proud of visiting here when further in the future. Knowing that, yeah, my grandfather mm-hmm. built this place. Yeah, This is an awesome place to be. I feel welcome here. And there's always going to be something. And the spirit is something of you here. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for... It's my pleasure. Thank you for being on this on this podcast and explaining to everyone out there what it is to be... What is it like to be a mayor and 
um, what is it like to hear these wonderful stories and a community and everything. And yeah, I don't know if you have anything else to say. The only thing else I would say is this. To wrap this up, I would say what my Jewish friends would say. Shalom, habarim, lehit rod, which means peace be with you and your family. <laughs>